0: Hezekiah, whom the Lord strengthens. Join us on a journey through a man's life who stood for God in tough times. Now here was the national background. As you study the Old Testament, it's interesting to know that the kingdom of Israel was divided into two kingdoms. There was the northern kingdom called Israel, That was consisted of 10 tribes. And there's the southern kingdom called Judah, which consisted of two tribes. Now the kingdom divided after the reign of Solomon. Uh, Israel had three kings that controlled the whole kingdom at one time. There was Saul, he reigned for 40 years. There was David. He reigned for 40 years. And then there was Solomon and he reigned. Now let me say this. Solomon sinned. You remember Solomon's sinned? And God would not take the kingdom away from Solomon because of David. So they split during the days of Rehoboam, took the southern kingdom, and then Jeroboam took the northern kingdom, the 10 tribes, and they had the northern tribes And they had the southern tribes. It is interesting to notice you do your Bible reading. You will never find where there was a good king in the northern tribes. Now, I'm not going to make any jokes about the north. They're coming to my mind. I'm wanting to, but I'm going to leave them alone. I see that little rabbit running right there, but I'm just going to let him run. All the good kings that you find in the Bible, you found them in the southern kingdom. Probably around that Kentucky Fried Chicken place, no, but around the Southern Kingdom, that's where they were. So you have the national background. So Hezekiah is going to rule and reign in the Southern Kingdom, which Jerusalem being the center or the capital of the Southern Kingdom. Nod your head if you got that, because I feel like sometimes we read our Bible, you're reading Israel, and you're like, what's that talking about? Judah, what's that talking about? You got two kingdoms. You got the Northern Kingdom and you got the Southern Kingdom. Hezekiah is a king in the southern kingdom. Here is the spiritual background of the day. The people worshiped idols. In fact, Hezekiah's dad shut down the temple. Hezekiah's dad closed the door to worshiping the Lord. So you have the spiritual background here that is pretty bleak, it's pretty dark, it's pretty discouraging, it's pretty disappointing. And then the personal background was Hezekiah's dad was a wicked man. His father has died and here comes this 25-year-old man on the scene. Now let's put ourselves in that story for a moment. You and I are people in the southern kingdom. The king just dies and he leaves his 25-year-old kid in charge. And you're sitting there thinking they've closed the temple. We can't worship God like we used to. We've heard stories of our forefathers. What's gonna happen when this 25-year-old young man takes the throne? And this man surprises them all. And he lives for God and does what is right in the sight of the Lord. And the people discover not just what one man can do, but what can God do with one man? What do we uncover from the life of Hezekiah is this, the power of one. That one man totally surrendered to the Lord can make a difference. Isn't that good tonight? It doesn't matter where you sit, I sure am thankful that one person surrendered to the Lord can make a difference. It It is interesting to note what the name Hezekiah means. It means whom Jehovah strengthens whom Jehovah strengthens. And as we look at the life of Hezekiah on Sunday night, we're gonna see how God strengthened this young man by the name of Hezekiah and made him one of the greatest kings that ruled that southern kingdom for the glory of God. In a time when there was bad kings to the north, in a time when temple worship was shut down, here is a man that made up his mind, I'm going To live for God and did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. So as we overview his life tonight, let's talk about this power of one. I want to give you three three facts tonight that we find from the life of Hezekiah about the power of one. Notice number one with me, that one person can be a difference maker one person can be a difference maker. I want you to say that with me tonight. One person can be a difference maker. Look here with me at 2 Kings chapter 18 and look at verse number one. We're gonna learn some wonderful truths. Man, I'm excited about this study. Notice what he says here. It says here in in verse number one and two, it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, the king of Elah, the king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Now look at verse number two. 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. Now notice this. His mother's name was Abai, the daughter of Zechariah. So we know that he had a wicked father by the name of Ahaz who shut down temple worship where did he get his godly influence to live for god it came from his mother the bible mentions his mother in second kings 18:2 as well as second chronicles 29 in second kings 18 she's mentioned as Abai, which means my father In 2 Chronicles 29, she's mentioned as Abijah, Jehovah is my father. So here is a woman, now listen, back in those days for kings, marriages were arranged. It wasn't that Ahaz and, and Abijah fell in love, no, no, they were arranged marriages. So here was this man who was arranged, this woman. She didn't know what she was getting and he didn't know what, she was, what he was getting. He was a person who, who did not live for God, but here is a godly mother who says underneath the disguise that nobody knows, Jehovah is my father, which means I'm not looking to this wicked man to meet my needs. I'm not looking to this wicked man to answer my prayer. I'm looking to my heavenly father to take care of me, even in a bad situation. And little did they know what was happening. Oh, Abijah would take that little old boy and call him Hezekiah, whom Jehovah strengthens. And a little old mama began to rock little Hezekiah and begin to put into his heart. Boy, I want to tell you something. There's a God of the Israel. There's a God who parted the Red Sea. There's a God who lost us out of Egypt bondage. There's a God who's been faithful through uh, over the waters of Jer- uh, Jordan. There's a God that's been faithful around the walls of Jericho. He's a faithful God, little Hezekiah. Let me tell you about that God. Let me teach you about that God. Let me give you instructions about that God because one day you're not always going to be a little child, but one. One day you'll be a man and I believe God has raised you up Hezekiah to be the king of this nation and I want you to know what God did in the what God did in the past God can do in the present and God can do in your day Listen don't ever take for granted that one person can make a difference You may be raising your grandkids right now let me tell you something don't turn them over to TV don't turn them over to devices but open up that Bible and tell them about the greatest thing that's Jesus Christ and what what he did yesterday, he's still able to do today. He's still able to deliver from Egypt's bondage. He's still able to part Red Seas. He's still able to answer prayers. He's still able to part the Jordan River. He's still able to tear down Jericho walls. There ain't no Goliath that my God cannot defeat. There is no fiery furnace that my God cannot bring you through. I want to tell you something. There is no lion's den that he cannot deliver his children safe through. There is no storm that he cannot step out there and save peace be still and you may have that little child for just a moment but you instill in them you teach them you let them know there's a God in heaven who is so real to you and if they'll live for God and serve God he'll make a difference in their life one person was a difference maker because underneath it all she is saying Jehovah is my father let me raise up one whom Jehovah strengthens. Wow. so many times we'll look at our Bible and we would just read that his mother's name and go on. No, no, no. It was his mother that was teaching him about the Lord. It was that mother's influence. It was, you could put it like this. It was that mother's prayer. Boy, don't ever take for granted the gift that God has given you. That special little life because one person can make a difference. When you're teaching those little kids over there, Miss Debbie, you have no idea that kid that probably gives you the most trouble is probably the one God's gonna use the greatest. <laughs> that one you wanted to hang up there and just, I mean, there you go, but that's the, I mean, you just never know what they get over there in that class. You never know what they're getting over in Awana. You have no idea. There are times when they just, you, you just wanna pull your hair out with them. But here she was investing in them. There's a man years ago, his name was Mr. Kimball, and he taught a boy's Sunday school class. And as he was teaching that boy's Sunday school class, little did he know what was coming in and out, but he got a burden for those boys. He didn't want people in his Sunday school class, especially these young boys, to die and go to hell. How many of you know that a lot of people get saved early in their life, during those children years? And it was so burdened for his kids. And there was one kid in his class he really had a burden for. His name was Dwight. Mr. Kimball went down one day to see Dwight. He was working as a shoe clerk in a store. And Mr. Kimball went in and began to share the gospel with him. Dwight bowed his head and got saved. Little did Mr. Kimball know that was going to be D.L. Moody. And you know if you trace Moody, you can go all the way from Moody getting saved to Tozer working his life, and then you're going through to Mordecai Ham. You can trace it all the way down to Billy Graham. All from one man who made a difference in one young man's life. And when I look at the life of Hezekiah, one person can be a difference maker. You know what our prayer ought to be? God, let me be that difference maker. God, let me be that difference maker. What else do we uncover as we're going to study the life of Hezekiah? Not only because one person can be a difference maker. Notice number two: one prayer can be a chain breaker. One prayer can be a chain breaker. During this day in the life of Hezekiah, there was an empire that ruled and that was the Assyrian Empire. They were the world power of that day. It's almost just like nothing could ever stop them. You remember their capital city was Nineveh. You ever heard that in the Bible? The king of Assyria at that day was Sennacherib. And let me say this, he had a hard time spelling his name in kindergarten. And old Shennacherib, when old Shennacherib came to town, everybody started putting the stuff on the doors and the windows because they knew he's fixing to come in here and wipe everything out. This man did not know defeat. Everywhere that he went, I mean, it was just like Shennacherib just conquered everything. Well, he set his eyes on Jerusalem. And Shennacherib decides he's going to go and he's going to attack and he's going to conquer Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Man has never known defeat. Hezekiah is outmatched. Hezekiah is outnumbered. Hezekiah has fortified the walls around the city. He is, he's sitting here thinking, how in this world are we going to overcome the power of Sennacherib and the Assyrian army? they start sending letters to Hezekiah you might as well pack it up it's over with we're coming we're going to tear down the walls we're going to kill the people Jerusalem will be ours what did Hezekiah do he took them letters and he goes into the temple and he spreads and he spreads them out before he spreads them out before God And he gets on his face before God Almighty and said, you're the one that dwells between the cherubs. You're God on the throne. And put it down in cotton patch language, they're stronger than us, they're bigger than us, They're mightier than us, but they're not stronger than you. They're not bigger than you. You can overcome them. And he laid them out before and said, God, I can't do anything about the Assyrian army, but this is your place. These are your people. This is your spot. If you're going to do something, we need your help. And let you know on that night when Hezekiah went to praying, God went to work in Hezekiah's behalf. He sent one angel. He didn't send two angels. He didn't see three angels. He just needed one angel and wiped out 185,000 Assyrian troops that would be like Navy SEAL people in one night. Why? Because our God is still bigger. Our God is still stronger. Our God is still greater. What does it say? That tells me when I've got a need in my life. I don't know the burden that you're coming in. I don't know what the enemy's trying to tell you this week, but I do know this, there is still a God in heaven, and I'm thankful I can get into His presence. Lay out that request before a holy God, and know that it is my God that hears my cry, and my God will answer my prayer, and nothing is impossible with God, regardless of the foe, regardless of the struggle, regardless of the mountain, regardless of the obstacle, regardless of the giant. I'm glad to report to you on a Sunday night that my my God still hears, and my God answers prayer. I'm thankful that He's still a chain-breaking God. I'm still thankful He's a way-making God where there seems to be no way. There's something about the people of God getting together and pouring out their heart. they serve a God who hears and answers prayer. You know what I encourage you and I tonight? That God knows my name, He knows my need, and He hears my cry. And I'm thankful that when when you and I go to praying, I'm glad God moves in our behalf. He is faithful to hear, and he's faithful to answer prayer. Let me ask you a question. How dumb would it have been for Hezekiah to be going to his generals? What are we going to do about this? How are we going to handle this? They were outmatched and outpowered. Instead of talking about it this way, he started talking about it this way. And there's something when the church starts talking things this way, they get a lot more done than when we talk about things this way. You remember in the early church in the book of Acts? One of my favorite chapters in the book of Acts is Acts chapter number 12. When they got Peter and they locked him up. They cut off, Herod already cut off James's head. Locks Peter up and he's saying, in his mind, Herod is thinking... It's over with. I'm going to take this guy out at Easter, cut his head off, and it, we're just going to take care of this whole thing. But that early church that didn't have influence with government officials, they weren't worried about passing out petitions and signing cards. Saying we have no influence with Rome, but we got influence in heaven. And the early church goes to praying the Bible said that the church prayed without ceasing for Peter when he was in prison now I know how I am when I go to praying I don't know how you would pray I'm sure there were some that were praying God deliver Peter God bless him. there were some setting free we need you to do that but I guarantee you there was probably some of those people in that church, probably like me, and probably like some of you. God, would you do something about that Herod fella? Because he just killed James. He's done locked Peter up, and he's wrecking havoc in our lives. And how many of you know that before the chapter is over with, in chapter number 12, God has already delivered Peter. And he takes care of Herod in the same chapter. Go read it. What happened to Herod? He got eaten by worms, my friend. I just believe it was because some people went to praying. God, we need your help. Well, we don't have influence. And I know some people say, I don't like that kind of prayer. Go read the book of Psalms. There's a chapter after chapter when David prayed those kind of prayers. Let his days be few and another take his office. Yeah. He said, pray for those officials. I do. Lord, let their days be few and another take their office. And we may not have political clout. And we may not have influence in Washington. And that may bother some of you, but I'm thankful I got influence in heaven. And he knows my name. And I'm thankful that while he is delivering people from bondage, he can take care of the adversary and the enemy at the same time. And the same God that's setting Peter free is the same God that's taking care of Herod on the other end. I am thankful that I have a God that can take care of my adversaries for me. And one prayer can be a chain breaker. Think about that. One prayer. And here's the thing about Hezekiah and his praying. He got Isaiah, his preacher involved, and that was it. You say, what's so significant about that? That reminds me of a promise. If two of you would agree on anything, what does that mean? That means if two people start getting together and start asking God to do something with the right heart in agreement, God, we need your help, what could God do? Could it be a lot of times our prayers lose its power because we're not in agreement with people? See, the early church was in one accord. Not a Honda, one accord. <laughs> and the average church doesn't know anything about accord. They know something about how not get to play. That person got the last donut. (laughs) (laughs) And it is amazing. We laugh, but it is amazing what gets people bent out of shape at church. (laughs) I'll just go run this rabbit while I'm here. (laughs) Ain't nobody here, and I'm (laughs) all They done saw your car in the parking lot. (laughs) There are people. Who would much rather to keep their position because to them their position means everything and it means more to them than souls being saved. And if they get inconvenienced for the gospel, they get mad. What a shame. What a shame. Last time I checked, it wasn't about you. It was about him. I'll do my own amen and I'll be back. Amen. Amen. But one prayer can be a chain breaker. One prayer. What happens when God's people pray? I believe in it. I practice it. It's just something to watch God move through the power of prayer. So one person can be a what? Difference maker. There we go. We're going to get there. Number two, y'all gonna make me preach it again. Number two, one prayer can be a what? Chain breaker. Now notice number three. Number three, one predicament can be a treasure taker. Second Kings chapter number 20. Think about the Bible. It tells the good, the bad, and the ugly on people. Hezekiah's been sick. He begs God, give me 15, and God gives him 15 more years. He says, God spare my life. Remember that? God gives him 15 more years. Here's the sad part. He never did anything with the 15 years. He wasted, he squandered the last 15 years. And so here comes these guys from Babylon. Remember them in your Bible? They come and knock on his door. They hear he's all better. Hey, Mr. Hezekiah, we're from Babylon. We got some gifts because you all better. We want to just come by and see you. And oh, Hezekiah invites them in. And he shows them all the treasures in his house. And he allows the enemy to come in and to see all the treasures. And Those enemies are sitting here thinking, we're coming back one day when they don't realize it and we're gonna steal every single one of them. And here's the bad part. Isaiah comes to Mr. Hezekiah and he says, King Hezekiah, what have they seen in your house? And he said, everything. Yep. And Isaiah begins to tell him, they're going to come back and they're going to steal it all. And this is what Hezekiah said. He said, they're going to come back in your kids' days, your grandkids' days, they're going to steal it all. Here's what Hezekiah said. Well, as long as I've got good in my day, And here is Hezekiah. Here's his attitude at the very end. This is what breaks my heart. Here's a man who lived such a great life for God, but ruined it at the end. Here's why. He coasted. Instead of finishing strong and finishing well, it's almost just like he put it in autopilot and just said, let me just coast to the finish. Let me just go through the motions and as long as I've got good in my day. As long as the bad doesn't happen in my day, as long as the treasures aren't stolen my day, as long as we make it through and I go on to glory and somebody else has to deal with the mess, I'm okay with that. When a gray-headed man should have been still praying, he stopped praying. When a gray-headed man should have still been serving, he stopped serving. When a gray-headed man still had strength to make a difference, he didn't. And can I tell you something? One of the biggest temptations as we get older is this. I'll let somebody else serve. I'll let somebody else do it. I'll let, we put it in coast in our life, but ultimately we coast in here. When we coast in our service, I want to tell you something. A long time ago, we started coasting in here. And it is the attitude of, well, you know, as long as I see good in my day. What would have happened had Hezekiah would have invested those 15 years? What would have happened had Hezekiah looked and said, I've got 15 years. God's given me 15 years. Let me make them count. But he didn't. He has a son that comes on the scene by the name of Manasseh. You know how old Manasseh is when he takes the throne? Twelve. Tells me he could have fallen in that 15-year window. And when Hezekiah, the one whom Jehovah strengthens, could have been pouring into Manasseh, guess what he was doing? Coasting. And some of you have the opportunity to, to pour into your kids. Some of you are able to pour into your grandkids. And how many times have we just coast? They're gonna turn around one day and you're gonna turn around one day and five's gonna be 10. You're gonna turn around again and it's gonna be 10's gonna be 15. You're gonna turn right around again and they're gonna be like, I'm leaving. Don't worry about it. They come back with more. (laughs) But they keep moving. And if we're not careful, we just put it on the old coast. And our time of influence and our time of opportunity is passing us by. I don't want to waste it. I don't wanna miss it. God let me pour into them because one predicament, me, opening the door to an enemy can affect future generations. Me, in my day, opening a door for the enemy can wreck havoc for future generations. I can't coast. You can't coast. I want to finish and God help me finish well. One person can be a difference maker. One prayer can be a chain breaker. But one predicament can be a treasure taker. God help me to live for you.